let's get into the magic. Welcome to the show. I am your hostess, and today Katie is not with me, but I have interviewed two incredible guests for a special edition Far Out and Out There episode. So I have the first guest, which is a good friend of mine, Kaylee, who's telling us an unsettling experience that she had in a new house that she moved into. And the second interview is with my dad, who is telling us a story about an experience he had at a World War One battlefield in France. So they're both extremely different from each other, and neither one is very easily explained. So without further ado, I would like to welcome our first guest, Kaylee, who is a wonderful dear friend of mine, who is one of the most loving, silly, beautiful people I've ever known. And I'm so excited to have her on the show telling her insane story. So our journey starts as high school freshmen in the year, I believe, 2001. One, yeah. 2000, 2001 season. (laughs) Right? The awkward (laughs) years of 14. I was 15. So um, I'm like, I'm a young one. And I was like the old, one of the older ones in the grade. So one of the more senior members. Both Um, equally immature. (laughs) Right? Exactly. (laughs) Have you ever seen like some of those Instagram or TikTok accounts of like those girls who are a similar in our age who are like imitating the things that we used to do, like wear 10 tank tops. Oh my, I just saw that one. And and now they refer to it as a comfort tank, oh which I'm wearing right now. You are, you're still I carrying that trend over. Yes. Well, I, I mean, yes, to an extent, I just like having a comfort tank on under, and then I have a sweatshirt on over that you can kind of see it but like i mean the makeup the popped collar stuff the north face fleeces gosh the north face fleeces the one trend that i was so happy that came back though was like the sweatshirt or the hoodie and then a jean jacket over it did that come back yeah i mean i was seeing it everywhere at least it did in washington (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy and doc martens are coming back oh yeah which is also crazy that i almost bought a pair at dsw the other day why did you ever get rid of them in the first place i know i mean they were like pretty solid shoes yeah i was about to say they'd knock somebody out they'd knock somebody out even if I had been wearing them every day since I got them like right. in school. Like they'd still have their form. Oh, absolutely. Oh my God. And then like the bronzer. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the makeup line was not something I personally ever had because I didn't know how to do makeup at all. And well, so I have re- a natural beauty. Well, I just remember somebody in our class saying, huh, I really like the uh, no makeup look, Kaylee. Like you don't <laughs> even have any on. And it was a guy, and I was like, oh, my God, does this mean I need to wear makeup? Oh, my God. Was he being sarcastic? Well, I don't know. It's something Mm. I I don't have any closure with. (laughs) I wonder. Can you send him a DM? I I mean, I sure could. Who was it? (laughs) So I want to say he was actually sincere. Oh, I was going to say, so probably sarcastic. (laughs) I don't (laughs) 
maybe. The one thing, like my husband, who, you know, we met in high school, he likes to comment on now. At least now I have eyebrows before that I learned to put on my eyebrows. So any high school picture you'll see of me, my eyebrows are so light. It's like, did you shave them off or did, could you not grow any? So now I've got, and then sometimes I'll come down and goes, whoa, your eyebrows are pretty aggressive this morning. So <laughs> I guess maybe I'm still figuring out my eyebrow situation. I think I do a pretty so good job. You're most still of the figuring time. out the whole makeup thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That makes sense. I am too. I mean, I, I I remember wearing like a white hoodie in high school and then like having like makeup on, on yes. the hood from my face because I, I wore so much bronzer. So you wore a lot of bronzer. I do remember that, but that's mm. one of my favorite memories of you. <laughs> I, it is. Being orange. I, I was, just, I was really an orange loved, person. Yeah. You, you were not afraid of that bronzer. <laughs> was not afraid of it. No. Um, however, I didn't know that like you're supposed to put some on your neck or to like blend it out or right. anything. Just a, yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, you know what, we're both learning and growing still. <laughs> exactly. As women in our thirties. A little bit at a time. And that is spooky. That's enough for the spooky thing yeah, really is well, to talk about the makeup well- we used to wear. Yeah. You're welcome. And I can't <laughs> wait to hear the episode. <laughs> Well, Kaylee had told me about a story about a house that she moved into recently, and it fits into the far out and out there segment in our footy episode. And Kaylee, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the story that that you were telling me about earlier and shed a little more light on it. You got it. So, well, it was actually, I'll give you a little pre-story to set it all up. Okay. So... Um, my husband and I have lived in the town we live in for, I think now 12 years or something. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. But our first house is a very small rambler. Um, it was only three bedrooms. It was a nice little starter house. Um, loved everything about it. Never, never had a problem. Never had a feeling when I moved in there. Was never scared. But I remember like seeing where our couch was. We had this bay window. And I wasn't the only one that saw this. My older sister would comment on it sometime. And part of this bay window, sometimes you would look up or your eyesight would move past it. And you would, all you would see is like black. And then you would like readjust and be like, I swear to God, I just saw something. So, so you would see like a a black figure. Yes. Outside the window? outside the window and but still I was like "Hmm." like it never it never bothered me and I mean growing up I was a very fearful kid um so but this little house that you just important for me to say that because I don't know I just we moved in there then we started having a family and it was during COVID that all, all five of us were sitting in this house and people were going crazy because it was COVID. And I finally was like, Hey, um, we need a bigger place. And my, and my husband was like, yeah, let's do it. So within just a, a month and a half, we found a rental, we fixed up our place. We put it on the market. Um, we stayed in this rental again, no problems there, no feelings. I actually felt very safe and felt very happy in the rental house. And it was really close to my kids' school, just up the, um, up the street from their their school. So it was super convenient. Each kid had their own room, which is something that they graduated to. So 
moving into the rental house, I was like, this is exactly what we need. We need more space. Yeah. Yeah. Kids are thriving. Then comes to August of 2020. No, was it? I think it was 2020. Um, And we put a play or an offer on a house that was literally only that is like four blocks away from our old house. (laughs) So same school district, but it had everything we're looking for, a flat backyard. It's a, it has stairs, which my kids were very excited about. And everybody has their own room, just more space for such busy kids. They are now nine, seven and five. So we hit our two year mark here in August, the end of August, we actually moved in on Porter's birthday, middle of August. Okay. So when we moved in August 16th, 2020, I remember saying, Hey, like I just reached out to a friend and I was just like, you know, anything about feng shui. I want this house to feel balanced and I want it because our little house was so chaotic. It was so cozy but it was just like sensory overload it was a lot we didn't have space for anything or anybody we're sitting on top of each other so I was like just little things I don't know and my friend's mom said uh, just a few things like when you are moving in it's very important that you do not argue that you keep it very happy and positive um she gave me some other things like where the beds are supposed to face and what direction and things like that. So pretty, pretty minimal. Um, It was last November. So we were there. I'm getting my dates mixed up. but So you were there for like a couple months? Yeah, we were only there for a couple months. And uh, after we moved in, like the first two weeks or something, everything was totally fine. Um, But something just felt, I felt safe, but it just kind of felt unsettled, if Mm, you will. Almost like, okay, it's not quite ours yet. All of our stuff is in here, but okay, like a lot of things are in boxes. And But it wasn't just like that, like, oh, this isn't our home. We don't know the creaks in the floor. We don't know the little ins and outs and stuff like that. It would just felt like it didn't belong to us yet. I have a question, Kaylee. How old is this house? Oh, it was, I almost said born. It was <laughs> in 94, which okay. I'm like, when I walked in, Seth, you remember my parents' house? Yeah. It very much feels like that. It was built in the early, mid-90s. And I remember like walking up the stairs and it's like they redid the downstairs, upstairs. You still have like the old the 90 sinks and light fixtures in the bathroom and things like that so I was like kind of drawn to this house because it felt like a home that I grew up in oh yeah and yes it was built in the 90s the previous owners I learned were just they bought it and they fixed it up and then they sold it like they didn't really stay here for very long maybe maybe two years um but I remember and the walkthrough backtrack, Paisley, my oldest, she, her bedroom has like this little storage attic compartment thingy, like off of her bedroom, which as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, I have this tiny little hideout. Amazing. But I just like, 
I don't know if it is my mind just started wandering like this feels weird. Why would they have this? Yeah. Why would they have a gym here? Is this was a storage of what was it? I don't know. I think then I told myself like you're creeping yourself out to stop. Like it's literally just a storage closet. Calm down. But so we were here for a few months and then we just started noticing weird things. Like I would be one morning in, in September. I was down in the kitchen and I woke up on the backsplash of the kitchen and next to a cabinet and on a wall and then on the window next to it, like splattered food everywhere. So I was like, what? Yes. I blamed my husband. I'm like, of course you're messy or something. He got home that night and I go, dude, what did you put in the microwave or what were you cooking that got all over? It was like, all over just splatter he was like I noticed that too that wasn't me and I I was like was it you and I said no I would have naturally cleaned it off the wall naturally. I mean it, it would naturally I would have stopped a minute and cleaned it up and then I'm like well it wasn't our kids because it looked like red pasta sauce huh yeah it was straight and we're like we didn't even eat anything like that so that that first started like huh that's weird then having three little kids, we started seeing handprints everywhere. Oh, my so it was God. like really white walls, handprints. But the weirdest one was there were blue handprints, like almost like in an ink pad, but it wasn't like a full handprint. There were like some finger marks um, on the walls. And when I saw that, I went to each one of my kids, looked at their hands, nothing blue. There was not one, and I mean, I'm a good mom, and I've taught them how to wash their hands, but they're kids. They they don't know how to wash their hands properly. Like, they were not there scrubbing off, making sure. And so I asked Paisley, like, were you into blue paint or blue ink or something? She was like, what? Like, looked at me like I was crazy. It was in the dining room. It was on the sliding glass door and, like, connected to it. It wasn't just, like, in one spot. It was in no. several spaces. Yeah, and it was only like, yeah, it was only downstairs. And so I was like, this, what? This is so weird. And I know the difference. Like, our walls are dirty. We have little hands on them everywhere. But like, these blue handprints, I was like, okay, like, okay. Um, that November, we, uh, my older brother got married, and she, like, days after he got married, we all got COVID. Oh. And no, no, no backtrack it was september and another thing that happened in september maybe it was october my youngest had has a fire tablet and when we go to lake chelan to visit family i let them stay on the tablet in the car because it's a three-hour drive and i'm not above giving my kids screen time for three Mm-mm. hours no you're not no i'm not i need it well my youngest gets kind of obsessed so we have to like detox him when we get home <laughs> So we let the iPads die or the tablets die. And then we basically tell him we have no idea where the charger is. So that happened. He left it on the stairs, on the landing of the stairs. And I'm embarrassed to say it stayed there for like days. Nobody picked it up. It was dead on the stairs and nobody picked it up. It just stayed there while Charlie and I were in bed. Um, Everything was closed down, turn, like lights turned off, doors locked, everything. It was like 1130 and we just turned off the TV and that freaking iPad 
started playing a child song. No. Like, oh, and we looked at each other and we were like, what the actual hell yeah. is that? And I'm like, the, some, some, some's freaky. Some freaky's going on. By this point, we'd been here for, you know, a few months and I would see kind of those things. And I remember my friend saying, well, like, you can just tell them, like, hey, you know, whatever type of spirit or energy is there. Like, I never felt like nervous or scared. I just didn't feel like it was my home. Like I was still in somebody else's space or somebody else was here and very protective, but like, I wasn't like scared. So when we got COVID in November, we were home. That was when, you know, quarantine was like 10 days each. And I was home for an additional 10 days because I was almost out of quarantine because my whole family got it. I kept testing negative, but I had to stay home. And then I was about to go back to work and then I tested positive. And so I was home for an additional 10 days while everybody else got back to their life but it wasn't until shortly after that like three week non-stop s5 at home living in the home 24 7 that i started seeing like things kind of shift we put a couple of our own pictures up finally Mm -hmm. and started like not really decorating, but I felt like we started living in the home and making it our own. Yeah. Put up this painting that my husband and I got on our honeymoon from Cannon Beach and pictures of the kids or I don't know. Like it was, it's trashed. It's family of five. Like there's socks everywhere. And we just started kind of living in there, but we were also forced to be with each other and spend a lot of time together during that time. And it wasn't till after that, like shortly after this feeling of when I walk into my house of it not fully being mine kind of disappeared. And I, there have been no more mystery handprints or like weird things happening at the house that I cannot explain since that time that we spent here. And yeah, from one of your podcasts, I remember. It's about like knowing, like the feng shui one, where knowing where, like the history of a place and things like that. I cannot find any history on this place. I don't know if there were kids here once upon a time, or this is like an older neighborhood in comparison to a lot of the new buildings going around in Duval. But you can, like, this is definitely a family neighborhood, different energy. I don't know like where you would even find that out. You know what I mean? It's like not, it's not like you can like go to Zillow and it tells you like who lived there. It just tells you like what year. I know. I wish it did. But it's, it's really cool that like once you started like living there and making Mm -hmm. your own, that whatever energy was there, was like, oh, okay, this isn't mine anymore. Or just like left. And it was also like, like Paisley's room kind of I loved her room I think it's a room that I would have wanted because like you know the ceilings are a little bit lower and you know it's just kind of cool but anytime like went in there I just felt uneasy in that wow and but I don't know if it's like now it's just different I actually feel very comfortable and very cozy in her room and my mom would come visit she started visiting shortly after we moved in like after we had COVID and after all of this And my mom says, I never sleep so well 
anywhere really? until I come and sleep because she sleeps in Paisley's bed in her yeah, room. Wow. That and um, my kids stopped having sleeping issues after that time for a little bit. I mean, ebbs and flows, but like nobody felt uncomfortable sleeping by themselves or being in their rooms or, or anything like that after we had COVID when before and people could, you know, chalk it up to just being transitioned to a new place. With yeah. Kids. Like learning to sleep somewhere else or yeah. just like feeling comfortable. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But it was, you know, my background's in early education, so I wanted environment that would be best for my kids. And and then you got like <laughs> a house that had a child spirit living in it. Right. <laughs> a ghost child. Yeah. And like I know that there's another example that I'm completely forgetting, which is gonna really annoy me. We can add it on later. Yeah, but I was like, it was one of those big ones, like, oh my gosh, how could I ever forget that? Well, I'm glad that you like feel comfortable there now. Have you ever thought about saging or using incense or something? Like yes. That? And then I had my friend, um, she was born and her family is from Okinawa. Okay. And so she was actually going to come over but prior to us getting COVID because I was telling her about this and she was like, it doesn't, you know, and she's very in tune spiritually. And, and so I just asked her questions and like, what kind of things would her culture do and, and setting up a space for, I don't know, just a feel good space, <laughs> a feel good space. Um, cause I also work with her. So she also knows like what I, we struggle with, with having three kids and what each kid needs and things like that. So for me, it kind of comes like all full circle a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So she was actually going to come over and do some type of thing to my house. And another girlfriend was like, well, you're grew up Catholic, so you need crucifixes in every entrance. And I'm like, not, not really my style. I appreciate that. <laughs> but that's just not quite mine. And then my mom was like, well, you need a priest to come over and bless your home. And, and I was like, thinking all of these things I could do, and I didn't do them. But it maybe it took me and my family, like almost proving to this spirit child spirit thing that we are a family and we love each other and we take care of each other and the home is now under in good hands that's actually like really cool yeah that it left on its own volition right well because i it could have been it could have been like when you went on that camping trip and that spirit told you yeah like you don't belong here yeah 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 because sorry we can't really leave yeah, we did. very big commitment, not yeah. like moving a campsite. Totally. Yeah. Because this is where we're going to be for a while. Uh, this like made me think of another creepy story that's happened to me, but I have to save it for another segment. But I mean... Write it down so you don't forget. Okay, thanks, Kaylee. It's the idea of just being like, hey, you don't belong here. This isn't your house anymore. Right. Like, leave. And we got it. We, we're going to take care of it. Yeah. I'm glad that it, it left. Yeah. And that it's no longer amongst the members of your house. Yeah. And like making a mess or putting its fingerprints places. I know. Like my kids can do that all on their own. Mm-hmm. You don't need a ghost child to be cleaning up after no, as well. I really, I really don't. No. No. I like I like that feeling of releasing energy from other people, places, or things. Yeah, and inviting in loving, healthy, beautiful energy. 
into a space. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that's what my friend Nyla was telling me. Any, my parents' house, right? They lived there for I don't even know how long, moved in 91, and they just retired and, and sold so long. She said, Kaylee, even though all of your family members, right, are alive and they're well, there is a belief or an understanding for some folks that your your younger self, your younger spirit, your younger self is still in there. Really? Unless, like, yeah. And some, so it could have been like, it could have just been a child that lived here once that is happily married and moved on, but that spirit, that energy alive and holding well. onto it. Yeah. Because of things, right? These weren't yeah. scary things like smelling gas all the time or smoke or alarms going off or things like that. It was like a child living throughout this home and having a good time almost. Yeah, not like evil. Thank right. God. Thank God for that. Yeah, because I don't I don't do well with child, you know, possession. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> I'm out on that. I don't do well with that. Yeah. That's not my thing. I'd rather not. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even watch a scary movie. Emily Rose. Preview. Right? Oh, stop it, Kaylee. Came stop. out in college and all of the friends were like, oh, let's go watch. And I'm like, no, I hate all of you. I will not watch no, that. I'll never sleep again. No. This is never in my for life. Me. No, thank you. No. Being like waking up in the middle of the night. No. And thinking something's no. like under my bed. I can't do that. I can't no. live like that. No. <laughs> Nor should you. <laughs> Well, I, I thank you so much for coming on and telling this story. Oh, you're welcome. I love, and I love your podcast. Thank you, Kaylee. You're our number one fan. Yes, I am. I need a t-shirt. Can't thank you enough. I, yeah, we'll we'll make you one. Yes, I can't wait. You got it. Start making some merch. Keep doing your thing. We did a little shout out to you in our last episode too. Another one. Another one. Yeah. You guys, I'm basically like I could do a show with you sometime. <laughs> you could. Well, you can. Yes. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want for my birthday. Don't, don't okay. send me Crocs. I want to be on your podcast. <laughs> uh, Kaylee, you don't get to decide that. Okay. And I'm going to put my Crocs on right now. Okay. I've been wearing them all day. I'm just going <laughs> to slip my foot right back in here. Thanks for being on the show, Kaylee. It was so good to have you. And now on to our next story. Welcome to the show, Dad. Thank you, Cecily. So I remember you telling me this story several years ago, and it really stood out because you're not one to really buy into a lot of the metaphysical stories uh, and beliefs. So please tell us your story. Well, that's that's an easy one to do. Um, I'll start by saying in, in 2014, I published a book titled Honoring the Doughboys, following my grandfather's World War I diary. And it was probably 2009. Uh, it was mid, mid-June, so the days were long. And I was staying at a bed and breakfast uh, in a little, little tiny village called Montfaucon. And Montfaucon was in the heart of uh, where the Americans fought in in uh, 1918, but previous to that, the French and the Germans also fought there uh, in in, two, in 1915 and 1916. So we we're deep in the World War One battlefield, right? And it was we had an early dinner. It was a nice couple from uh, Great Britain who owned the B 
B&B, and the fellow's name was Philip. And after we finished uh, dinner, uh, he said, Jeff, let's, uh, let's go to uh, Mort Ohm. Now, Mort Ohm, of course, in French means dead man. Mm. And it's a very famous uh, battle that took place in 1916. And thousands of men died there. So we had, we still had plenty of daylight and we, we took off. It was a short drive, maybe five miles or so. And we, we, we parked at a large obelisk on top of a hill. And on the obelisk were thousands of French names of the dead at Mort Ohm. So we then started walking uh, into the forest below. The, the hilltop and we're going down these little it, it was a little bit muddy and we started walking down these these little uh, dirt paths and into the forest where it, where it got darker just because we're in the forest and and all the while the uh, you know dusk is starting to set in and it was just an incredibly creepy place I can remember vividly feeling very unsure. Uh, about where we were and what we were doing it didn't feel right and uh, wow. the the gentleman's name uh, Philippe told me that the that the locals never go in to these battlefields at, in the evening or at night because because they're afraid of the ghosts and uh, so wow. we're there alone just the two of us and I remember looking uh, a few yards, off of this little path we were on, uh, at the base of a tree, there was a, say, a three-foot uh, unspent artillery shell laying there on top of the surface. And it was like, oh, my God, you know, the, the, these th- those things are still uh, dangerous. Uh, they, can, they, yeah. they still can explode. So okay. we walked a little further, and dusk started to set in. And I said, Philippe, I don't feel comfortable here. Um, let's let's leave. And all the while, I'd been taking photographs of the the obelisk and in the forest, and and uh, I took a photograph of that uh, unspent artillery shell. And so I took quite a few photographs while we were on this little journey. And we we both walked back to the car and and drove away and it was a it was a huge relief just to be out of that place it was it was indeed a very uncomfortable place to be so when we got back to the to the b&b um i used uh i i downloaded my um uh, chips my computer chips onto a portable hard drive and I've been doing this for years. I'm over there uh, researching for my book and doing research for the book. Right. And so I was very meticulous in uh, capturing all my my photographs, uh, which mm-hmm. are an integral part of the book. So I went upstairs to my uh, little bedroom and I downloaded the photographs, uh, downloaded the chips onto my portable hard drive. And I thought, well, that's that. I don't need to ever see that place again. Right. So when I returned home, um, I downloaded 
everything that I had brought home on the portable hard drives. Yeah. And I went to uh, the day that we were uh, in that in the uh, Mort Ohm forest. There were no photographs. There were absolutely no photographs of that experience whatsoever. Everything else was there. Uh, The the day before, the day after, uh, they were all there, but absolutely nothing uh, showing that we were ever at Mort Ohm. So that's uh, that was indeed a a uh, uh, I don't know a spooky experience, uh, but it was. It was, uh, I was shocked that those photographs weren't there, but uh, assuredly they were not. That is so creepy. It was well, creepy. Well, first of all, <laughs> you went into a forest when it was becoming nighttime. That's called, was it called Dead Man Forest? Well, that whole area was Mortome, the dead man, yes. And oh it was my all gosh, the, it was all so the battlefield. Like, the yeah. imagery I have in my head is so haunting. Yeah, the whole, the, the entire area for, for probably hundreds and hundreds of acres around us was was the battlefield. So we were deep in into the battlefield on our when we walked into the forest. Well, that's like very haunting. It's it seems like the energy in that in that area was very unsettled. Oh, very very much so. Yeah, and the, there's probably a lot of spirits that hadn't gone home yet and they were still in that space. It's kind of like um well, not exactly, but it just reminds me of like Cheeseman Park, how there's still so many graves there underneath the <laughs> underneath the grass. And and that I'm, you know, I had a, a, the experience at Cheeseman Park. I'll tell that story another time. But you can feel that unsettled energy and it, it puts you it makes you feel so anxious and uncomfortable. And that sounds like really what was happening with you, too. And plus, it's called. The Mart Ohm. Mart Ohm. So the dead man. Yeah, that that's interesting. I'm gonna look that up online too and see what other people have experienced. But it's almost like you know something blocked you from being able to well, have those it's pictures. A, a very unsettling place to be. I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> at all. Yeah, it sounds sounds pretty bizarre. But well, I wouldn't have gone there for sure. But wow. Well, thanks for sharing that story, Dad. You bet, honey. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's great. And um I'll I'll look online and see if I can find some pictures to put up <laughs> from there since da- my dad didn't capture any. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like no photos anywhere online. It's been like scrubbed or something. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thank you listeners for tuning in. We will see you next time. Please follow us at Into the Magic on Instagram with a K at the end, or send us your thoughts in an email at into the magic at Gmail. That's a CK at the end. All right. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.